I can't get over the gentle lady from South Carolina talking about white privilege. It was a spit in the face, at least of mine as a black woman, for you to talk about what white privilege looks like, especially from that side of the aisle. And let me quote your now ousted speaker and what he had to say about the Republican Party and y'all's lack of diversity. When you look at the Democrats, they actually look like America. When I look at my party, we look like the most restrictive country club in America. Y'all don't know what white privilege looks like, but I'm gonna I'm show you a little bit of something. You wanna talk about a two-tier justice system, and this is the only time that y'all have ever referenced it when this country has a history when it comes to black and brown folk of having two separate sets of rules. And let me tell you why nobody wants to talk to y'all behind closed doors, because y'all lie. That's just the bottom line. That's Dallas U.S. Representative Jasmine Crockett yesterday at the Capitol in D.C. in the midst of that comical Republican meltdown over Hunter Biden. Awesome as always. It's Thursday, January 11th, 2024. And this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. Texas is bracing for the most significant winter weather event of the season so far. But is it fair to call it historic? Meteorologist Tyler Hamilton with the Weather Network is the first I've seen to call the approaching system a Canadian deep freeze. And in a new report, he compares what's coming to what came in early 2021, plunging Texas into a deadly energy disaster during which temperatures in Dallas dropped to a Fahrenheit 2.2 degrees below zero, the coldest temperature in North Texas in 72 years, and massive power outages that could be seen from space hit the city of Houston. At least 246 Texans lost their lives in that event, as you know. This analysis takes into account also the deep freeze from last December, which resulted in significant local power outages statewide and in Austin in particular. Hamilton says there will be a point early next week when Dallas is colder than Iqaluit, Canada at 23 degrees, but so far... This incoming weather appears to be set to fall well short of true historic proportions. That is, of course, if the lights and heat stay on. NBC DFW Channel 5 in Dallas reports on the weather watch issued by ERCOT yesterday in which they announced that they anticipate higher than usual electrical demand during this Arctic event, January 15th through the 17th, next Monday through Wednesday. The next step from ERCOT, should things get dicier, would be a voluntary conservation notice where Texans would be asked to voluntarily reduce usage. That hasn't happened yet. Fox 7 Austin's Tan Redford says the incoming weather will be cold enough to warrant steps to protect your pipes, though, especially those hose bibs on the exterior and any pipes that run along outside walls. Somewhat counterintuitively, officials at Texas Water Utilities recommend against dripping faucets during the upcoming cold snap. In spite of being a tried-and-true preventative measure against bursting pipes, that tactic also places additional demands on water systems when done on a widespread basis and also lowers the pressure in water systems, which can lead to other issues. goes without saying, of course, that as of Sunday, it's time for the pets to come inside, too. These will be the kind of temperatures in which hypothermia becomes a danger to anyone caught outside without proper protection, not only for people experiencing homelessness, but also essential workers who must be out in the cold. If that's you, take a moment to be aware of the early symptoms of hypothermia, which include confusion, uncontrollable shivering, difficulty speaking, and sleepiness. And here's some bad timing for you if we've ever seen it. KVU-TV in Austin says that in a court hearing just yesterday, ERCOT's former CEO, Bill Magnus, testified that during Winter Storm Uri in February of 2021, his order to keep power prices at the maximum was issued at the direction of Governor Greg Abbott. 
saying that former Public Utility Commission of Texas Chairman Deanne Walker had told him the governor wanted ERCOT to do whatever was necessary to prevent more blackouts during the storm, even as power plants were coming back online, something Governor Abbott has specifically denied. The original order to raise prices to the max was made by the PUC on February 15th of that year to try and get power plants back online and to encourage large power users to stay offline but those prices were held at the maximum of $9,000 per megawatt hour well after conditions improved and power generators came back online through February the 19th. Over to abortion rights and a disturbing news story that comes to us from Stephanie Italadrid at The New Yorker, who asks, did an abortion ban cost a young Texas woman her life? This is the story of Yanni Alvarez, who came to the central Texas town of Luling from San Luis Potosi, Mexico, in 1998 at the age of three and became pregnant at the end of 2021. Luling's sole general hospital, Ascension Seton Agerby Davis, has no labor and delivery unit nor OBGYN services on site. But by 2022, as abortion restrictions came online in Texas, Luling's ill-equipped emergency room had begun delivering lots of babies, sometimes in the waiting room or on stretchers and hallways, becoming a care facility simply unprepared for emergency pregnancies like the one Yenny's turned out to be. Combined with a lack of health insurance, Yenny Alvarez did not survive a problematic pregnancy, nor did her child. And Texas's draconian restrictions on medical care for pregnant women certainly appears to figure in. This is a heartbreaking but important read in our show notes today. It illuminates a situation that could befall any pregnant person of modest means living in today's rural Texas. More heartbreak for our public schools. Edward McKinley at the San Antonio Express News writes the Texas school districts are expecting to lose more than $300 million a year in special education funding under a recent federal administrative decision at a time when many districts are struggling to keep up with an exploding number of requests for special ed evaluations. While the cuts are the result of a long-running dispute between Texas and the federal government, stemming from a 2017 audit which found that Texas was improperly coding what counted as medical services, resulting in overpayments, the sudden denial of funding has caught many school districts unprepared. The Texas Association of School Boards has called upon lawmakers to come up with stopgap funding, but... Short of another special session called by the governor, that won't happen until 2025. Matthew Choi at the Texas Tribune writes that the Republican targeting of U.S. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, whom they're considering impeaching over conditions at the Mexican border, is being led by representatives from Texas, which is not a surprise. U.S. Reps Michael McCall of Austin and Morgan Luttell of Willis are among those calling for Mayorkas's head if these GOP types are successful. He would become only the second cabinet secretary ever impeached. Democrats have dismissed all of this as a partisan attack against the secretary who's operating within immigration laws that only Congress can change. And while Democrats maintain control of the Senate, all of this is largely theater. But all the more reason for Texas progressives to stay very much engaged in this crucial election year. Ken Paxton's back in the news. Monica Madden at KXAN-TV in Austin says our multiply indicted attorney general has asked the all-Republican Texas Supreme Court to intervene in a lawsuit from his former top aides, asking them to block a lower court's order for Paxton himself to testify in the case. All of this after Paxton's plea for the Texas Third Court of Appeals to block Austin Judge Jan Soifer's order was denied. These are the same whistleblowers with whom Paxton settled for over $3 million back in February of last year. A bill Paxton tried to pass on to Texas taxpayers, which triggered his impeachment. 
Speaking of the Texas Supreme Court, Juan Salinas at KERA in Dallas says they've moved to deny a secessionist group's request to intervene after Texas Republican Party officials rejected a ballot measure submitted by the group for the March primary that would have asked voters if Texas should leave the United States and become an independent country. They mounted a petition drive to force this ballot measure. The state GOP say they rejected it because the Texas Nationalist Movement submitted the signatures after the deadline and that some of the signatures were invalid because they were submitted electronically. The Texas Club says they'll fight on. And while we're on crazy, let's finish on crazy today. Andrea Uribe at KAGS-TV in College Station writes on a viral tweet last week from an organization called the Institute for the Study of Global Antisemitism and Policy. They claim that Texas A&M had accepted over a billion dollars in funding from the government of Qatar in exchange for that Middle Eastern country's control over nuclear and weapons research at A&M. This tweet was seen and shared by almost 10 million Twitter users and also made the rounds on TikTok, all requiring new and already beleaguered Texas A&M President Mark Welsh to clear the air and remind everyone that while the university does have a campus in Qatar, no nuclear engineering programs or classes nor nuclear weapons research is conducted at the location, nor does it have any connection to nuclear reactor research anywhere in Texas or at the Los Alamos National Lab. I'm sure that will put everyone's mind to rest, right? And as we close, a note that Progress Texas is helping host a debate between the Democratic candidates for U.S. Congressional District 32, including Representative Julie Johnson and candidate Dr. Brian Williams, moderated by Dallas Morning News political reporter Gromer Jeffers, one week from today, Thursday, January 18th, 7 p.m. at UT Dallas's Student Services Building. See our website for more details. That's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. For this Thursday, January 11th, 2024, links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. Progress Texas is a nonprofit rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. While campaigns come and go, we're the permanent home for progressive media and action in the Lone Star State. As we've mentioned, it's a big election year, and you can get the merch to match your progressive values at our always open web store at progresstexas.org. Choose from Y'all Means All, Revolution, or our most popular Humans Against Ted Cruz t-shirts, which are union-made, of course, right here in the Lone Star State. With your purchase, you're supporting our important work and looking great doing it. Again, the web store and other ways to support our ongoing mission can be found at progresstexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow morning.